One of my favorite comments that I read in preparing to preach this Sunday was just a description of the way that our Lord responds to the apostles when they ask about the restoration of the kingdom to Israel, where, you know, they they say this question, it makes a lot of sense. Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They're asking for when is this going to happen? Is this happening now? Is it happening later? And of course, they're told right away, you don't get to know when. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has established by his own authority. However, it's not like it's a full stop there. He doesn't tell them when, but he tells them how. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When you think about what it means to be his witnesses, if you go to the gospel, so this was the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles I just read from there. This is the conclusion of the gospel of Matthew. And how are they going to be his witnesses is by following the kind of like simple rules that he gives us. I mean, when you look at this, this gospel is only four verses long today. And we get about two verses in there that kind of give us like the marching orders, the, the summary of the rules for his apostles, for his witnesses that are going to you know, bring about the kingdom all the way to the ends of the earth. And I have to tell you, I love rules like this that can be summed up so briefly in just a sentence or two that mean a whole lot. And there's two different ones that I'm thinking of that are like this. Of course, all analogies break down. But I love the rules that we have, for example, for our servers. I can say to any of our servers before Mass, what are the two rules of serving? And they will tell me, be reverent and don't burn the church down. And it's true. I mean, that is what they have to follow. That's what they need to do. They know that that's the case. Now, to be reverent means a whole lot of things, right? We don't have to go into every detail of what it means to be reverent, but it means that that showing of that love, devotion, respect to our Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of the Mass as he comes to us in the Eucharist. It means showing a love and devotion to our Blessed Mother and all the saints who we celebrate. It means showing love, devotion, respect to you because their job is to help you to pray. It means, you know, love, devotion, respect to the deacon, to me, to all these different things. And all I have to say is, be reverent. And they do it, and therefore, as you can see, rule two inevitably gets followed. The church has not burned down, thanks be to God. So we keep going and it works out well. The other rule that I like like this is one that I like to impress upon our students whenever we go on a field trip. And I got to have this talk with them on Tuesday because we just had our middle school trip on Tuesday through Thursday. We got back through the night on Thursday. It was our seventh and eighth graders. We took them to Williamsburg, Virginia. It was a great trip. It was an adventure, and we can talk more about that in a minute. But as we were getting, you know, heading out, I like to give them the rule that I think is most important. I always say to them, guys, here's the thing. I need you to follow this rule. Don't be that guy. And what does that mean? Don't be that guy. That guy is the one who comes just kind of, you know, walking up to the bus casually at 6.04 when we said we're leaving at 6 o'clock. That guy is the one who gets up and leaves all of his trash on the table and walks away and makes us look like a bunch of pigs. That guy is the one who on the bus plays his music loud enough for all of us to hear, even though we didn't ask him to do that. You know, all you have to say is, don't be that guy. 
And it's nice because we know what that means and it's a small thing that kind of wraps it all up, right? Well, I'll tell you, one of the proudest moments I had on this trip was on Wednesday night. We kind of had in some like built-in free time. And we're in this like town square area of Williamsburg that was kind of surrounded by a couple of roads. You know, it's colonial Williamsburg. It's, it's kind of like being in a sort of rural setting and it's nice and peaceful. Well, as we're all there having a good time, this guy in a giant pickup truck, I guess deciding to draw all of the attention of the visitors to Colonial Williamsburg, decided to blast through that area, not once, not twice, but three times. And it was one of those things where the car itself is just like declaring, look at me. Well, as he's going by, I think it was the third pass, one of the girls from our group yells out in a polite way, don't be that guy. I don't think I've ever been more proud. It was so great because she had clearly embodied what was going on and now not only is she doing a good job of not being that guy herself, she's trying to pass on the good news to people who drive giant pickup trucks, right? It's a cool thing to see that happen when things are summed up, they have a deep meaning and then the person is then trying to hand it on. Okay, all these things to say, look at what our Lord is doing. He's ascending into heaven. He is giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit, which we're preparing for, which we celebrate next week at Pentecost. But this isn't an ending, right? This is our Lord giving to us our marching orders, but also being with us throughout it all. Yes, he won't tell us when, right? I couldn't tell the seventh and eighth graders at the beginning of that trip everything that was gonna happen because I didn't know myself. Then on Thursday night, on our way back, at about 7.45, we'd have a blowout in the bus and have to spend the next two hours at a rest area. It was an adventure, as I said. But the kids were amazing, and we were there, and they weren't that guy as we waited at the rest area. Things unfolded. We all participated. As our Lord ascends into heaven, we get our marching order. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. After the baptism, how do we do that? Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. We have it. This is the Gospel of Matthew. You want to see a summary of what he's commanded us? Read chapters 5, 6, and 7. It's the Sermon on the Mount. But just even say, to observe all that I have commanded you. My friends, he's telling us to do the same thing. That yes, he's not going to tell us when it all comes to an end, when the kingdom will be fully restored, when we're in perfect peace with him forever. But the glory of this is... He's setting us out on an adventure. He's giving us our marching orders, and notice this too. As we heard last week, he said, I will not leave you orphans. Today, behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. And the glorious thing too in the Acts of the Apostles, it's not the best interpretation here of the Greek. It says, while meeting with them, he enjoined on them. The, the word in Greek says, while taking salt with them. Basically, while having dinner with them, which should, of course, make us think of what's happening right now. Every time we come here, we're back at the Last Supper. We're in the midst of the Paschal Mystery. He's giving us himself. He's with us always until the end of the age. He gives us our marching orders. Make disciples of all nations. Teach them to observe what I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you until the end of the age. Yes, he doesn't spell out every little thing that's going to happen along the way, but he tells us the principles of what we need to do, 
And he gives us what we need, his very love, his presence, as we march along the way, getting to participate in the unfolding of the kingdom of God in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Even to this, the very location of the Cheerwine Festival, right? Like he continues to go out to all the ends of the earth, to our very hearts, and allows us to be a part of letting that kingdom unfold. My brothers and sisters in Christ, on this solemnity of the ascension, let's ask him for the grace to be recommitted to following the marching orders, to making disciples, to learning ourselves and then teaching to observe all that he has commanded us. Because that's the beautiful thing. He wants us to be with him. He wants others to be with him as well. And he wants us to be a part of making that happen. Praise be Jesus Christ.